there's that one video of like the hardcore kids are, are doing like what I'm talking. They're like playing like a screamo song at their high school talent show. And mm-hmm. the, the guitarist goes for that fancy full guitar spin uh, yep. from the strap and it just flies off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me if I could play guitar. Maybe my drumsticks would just just, just take fly. off. <laughs> <laughs> just straight towards the principal. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Cinevibes. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest, someone that's been around the block making short films. We're talking a lot, and in a short period mm-hmm. of time, relatively. Yeah. Seven or eight years, he's made over 30 short films, written, directed, edited, shot, everything mm-hmm. except hair and makeup, as we talk about in this episode. <laughs> that's andrew huggins andrew huggins yeah he's my man if you go to his imdb you're gonna see he's been a part of like i he's got a whole screen full of 2021 stuff yeah my man i don't know how he has the time of day uh like he's just constantly going 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 uh and he's a fantastic guy to talk to he's so knowledgeable on yeah almost every aspect of filmmaking and he you can really tell from the way he speaks about films and what he's worked on his shorts and even his talking about the feature film he's going to make in the future right just he you can tell he really loves film yeah every aspect he's dabbled a little bit in and it's just an awesome experience that we got to have with him and we hope that you guys can gain something Maybe get a little bit more excited about jumping into the world of filmmaking. Maybe pivoting. Maybe you're an actor and now you're trying to dive into writing or you've been directing for a minute and you realize, hey, I want to jump behind the camera and literally be behind the camera, cam hopping or DPing. Mm-hmm. So he just gives us a taste of all that. It's the whole gamut. It's everything you want. I mean, if you don't listen to the end, we're going to be disappointed. We'll see in the mm-hmm. analytics. So just buckle in. <laughs> we, we, carve yeah. out the time. You know you want to. Just do it. That's right. Throw it on. Sip your coffee. Whatever it is. Yeah. And here's Andrew Huggins. The new segment's called The Delve in 12. Mm. The 12 deepest questions to knowing someone. Interesting. All right, Trey, hit us with the first one. Question one. City with the best pizza you've ever had. Okay, love this question. Um, I was, I don't know the name of the town. I was on work uh, on a work trip in West Virginia in a small mountain town. There was nothing there but a pizza place, and it was the best pizza I've ever had. I don't know the name. <laughs> so let me give wow. you something. Let me give you something, I guess, that I actually know what it is. Um, Rosario's in Concord, North Carolina is, is really Rosario's. good. It's a giant, okay. giant slice, and they have like – you know, buffalo chicken, they have like a white mm. slice and a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, I mm. think Rosario's is 
is a solid one to mention. Yeah. Excellent. Shout nope. out Rosarius. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to give me a general direction to go hunt down that other pizza place in Virginia. Dude, dude it, yeah, it was in West Virginia and I I couldn't I would never remember the town, but I stayed in a really really bad motel that night and I went out to get pizza to get food and like mm-hmm. I've never left a Yelp review in my life but I I hit them up on Yelp and was like you, they gave me free they gave me free soda I don't know why they gave wow. me excellent and their Hawaiian Great customer service great. yeah I hope mm. they survive covid yeah. yeah I hope so yeah nice all right the second question that we have is name a movie you wish you had made oh gosh okay I I think um my my call my choice for the greatest movie of all time is uh, it's called The Passion of Joan of Arc. It was made mm. in 1928. I wish I was wow. Carl Theodore Dreyer and made that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is always up there for me. We'll have to dig back in the archives and find that one. I'll put that one on my list. Question number three. If you could go back and change one decision in your life, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, going to probably... I mean, I, I went to four different colleges. I wound up at a school card called the Art Institute of Charlotte and, and had a really good experience there. But um, I, I don't know, maybe maybe my initial I would change my initial decision um, of going to App State, although my, my freshman year, although I love App State now, I didn't really like living in Boone. <laughs> and, mm. and and it's a, nothing against it. You know, I was young and like. My mom even says, like, man, you should have just – because my sophomore year I went to UNCC. She was like, we should have just started you out at UNCC. And I was like, probably. I had friends here. <laughs> I was coming home every single weekend right. uh, from Boone. So maybe I would have done college a little different and not have ended up at four different schools. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Took a gotcha. few turns there. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what is the most irrational fear? Okay, a rational fear. Um, my a, a big fear of mine is a common one is snakes or anything reptilian. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just I can't do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so irrational would be. I mean, like a, a boa constrictor coming in my house and eating yeah. me in my bed. <laughs> yeah, listen, like, I don't. I don't know if you've had this fear, but just as a kid, I would always check the toilet. Yeah, yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. videos of mm-hmm. people like there's a copperhead in the toilet. Like what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? you got you got me checking it every like five seconds. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, irrational. Um, I'm sure there's there's something else that I would eventually think of that would be really irrational because a snake coming in your house is possible in the that summer in possible. North Carolina. It's For like sure. you know, yeah. but but the, I the, I am not boa. a. You might not have the boa come in there after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine is falling through the floor while in the shower and being okay. naked in someone else's apartment or a hotel room. That's Man. a good one. That's that is <laughs> That's really good. A really good one. That's just not a good way to start or end the day. <laughs> no. I don't think that's a good thing any time of the day. Uh, <laughs> My goodness. See, that's a good irrational one cuz like that would Probably never happened. Yeah. Um, Probably. Yeah. All righty. Question five. Eating in or dining out? 
I mean, I like to hit the, I like to go to the outback of the O'Charlies, you know, I like to, <laughs> I like to, a nice, you know, night out. Um, mm-hmm. But eating in, eating in probably, I don't order delivery that much really. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I can be in my house watching like Norm McDonald videos on YouTube while I eat, that's more fun yep. for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely, I, sometimes I just feel like, having food made by someone else there's just it it just tastes a little bit better in my opinion (laughs) yeah what do you think the meaning of life is the meaning of life um well on a human level i think um the simple concept of paying it forward and and you know being leaving things better than you found it um Mm -hmm. you know is is really interesting and and as simple a concept it is, it's pretty powerful. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I have some spiritual type th- thoughts myself. Um, you know, uh, I was raised in the church and then kind of abandoned it in college and then came back to um, having a, a faith in that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, I, I think there are some spiritual things that are probably um, for me personally, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the meaning of life is tied into, um, that, that kind of thing and that thought process. Um, but on a human mm-hmm. level, you know, I think just the it's simple, like, Hey, just be kind to people, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and try to leave things better than you found it is, is, is a good strategy. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That's good. You're back in high school. It's the night of the annual talent show. What do you do? That's a cool question. So I was homeschooled, so I'd be in my living room and uh, <laughs> I would. That's great. Nice. <laughs> I was homeschooled from second grade on. Um, so, yeah. so, but for the question, shoe in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was gonna win that talent contest, no matter what. Uh, uh, maybe it was be me against my brother, but um, so. Yeah, I mean, I high school. Did it say what grade? You're just. It doesn't matter. You're. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a. By the time I was 15 and 16 years old, I was a huge metalhead. I still am. So, mm-hmm. um, I would probably play some. I, I do also love playing the drums. So I would play mm. some unnecessarily heavy, fast. <laughs> stupid mm. drum thing and uh and yes. just piss everybody off that's probably <laughs> it's fantastic yeah no i always see these videos online of just people going crazy at talent shows and i'm just like you guys have way more talent than i had at that it's, time it's the, it's the best yeah yeah it's so good there's that one video of like the hardcore kids are, are doing like what I'm talking. They're like playing like a screamo song at their high school talent show. And mm-hmm. the, the guitarist goes for that fancy full guitar spin uh, yep. from the strap. And it just flies off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me if I could play guitar. Maybe my drumsticks would just, just, just take fly. off. <laughs> <laughs> just straight towards the principal. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So is it... <laughs> caramel or is it caramel so weird you ask this because i have been i've had an inner struggle with this for a (laughs) couple weeks yeah like the last couple weeks um i've been ordering more iced coffee than usual 
And mm -hmm. I literally was just going over this in my mind, caramel mm -hmm. or caramel. So I say caramel. I've always said caramel. Okay. But it's clearly spelled caramel. Yeah. So so I think those people are right. And I just am doing it wrong. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of another example like that where it's like, you know, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, I say either tournament. instead of tournaments a good one. Tournament is great. Tournament or tournament. And I say either instead of either, which ah. it's EI. It's clearly either or neither, <laughs> but I, I still say neither and either. And yeah, but mm -hmm. I think it's care. I, I mean, I, I think it's caramel, but I'm stubborn on it. <laughs> I always get, um, whenever I say tournament, cause I say tournament and coming from like a really small town in South Carolina where everyone says tournament, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, yep. What's this? What's up with this kid? <laughs> tournament <laughs> is like my grandma who's from New Jersey saying washer, washer, washing machine, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah, down here it's, you know, tournament. And then, uh, I've always gotten made fun of by my friends for the way that I pronounce the word T O U R tour i say like that band is going on tour and they always mm -hmm. and i can't ever figure out what how they want me to say it. <laughs> it's like i mean you know so um but yeah tur tournament tournament that's a good one yeah that's great you're caught in the movie groundhog day what song do you wake up to every morning Oh, man. So what song would I want to hear for the rest of my life, basically? Absolutely. Okay. Um, it, it's going to be an obscure thing. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. It is with it. It's, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's really one song, but it's listed as two different tracks on Protest the Hero. I'm actually wearing their shirt right ah, now. Yeah. Uh, they're a Canadian, uh, very melodic uh, heavy metal band. And uh, their last album, Palimpsest, they have a song called uh, Harborside, or no, it's uh, Hillside. It goes into the next track, which is called All Hands. And mm. they're two songs, but uh, Hillside is just a piano melody. It's really violin, piano. And I, it, I love it. It reminds me of 90s film scores. It's this awesome little piano mm. melody. And it goes into this kind of aggressive, yet still very melodic, um, uh, like five-minute song called All Hands. And I mean, any if I was in Groundhog Day, of course, I'd probably want to shut it off by day two <laughs> but if i had to listen to something i just love the melody in that song and people forget about heavy metal there mm -hmm. on a lot of it there it is melodic it's not all just mm -hmm. death and just noise. suffocation <laughs> and decay and yeah. just noise so so that's that's what i would choose i think nice i think this brings up a point you've already talked about is college worth it uh, no, uh, emphatically, no. <laughs> emphatically, yes, okay. Well, you know, it, it. I had two really great teachers at the Art Institute in Will Davis and Leah Anderson that taught me so much. I, Shout I, out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those two, like, I still talk to Will and and occasionally we, like, we'll work on stuff together. He was kind of a mentor for me. And uh, so that I will, I will always say, Hey, I'm glad I was there from 2010 to 2013. I'm mm -hmm. glad I was there and learned from them. Um, and, but, uh, it, no, I mean, it's so much money. Uh, yeah. and, and I guess if we're talking about film school, is it worth it? You know, it's man, you've heard it a million times. If you just, <laughs> if you just get on a set and then mm -hmm. make a couple connections get on another one 
you know, maybe you start to be really, really good in camera department or art department yeah. or something, you could, you know, easily learn how to be a, a proficient editor from YouTube. Honestly, there's so much yeah. stuff out there. YouTube if Academy. you were, yeah, if you were like a post production, if you're interested in that, so it's like, no, I don't think spending a hundred thousand dollars on school now. If you're, you know, if you're a vet tech or you're medical or you're whatever, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like I for sure you're gonna learn. I think so much um, stuff, but something I tell people, man, is I graduated from film school and barely knew how to use a camera. That was probably my own yeah. fault. I I spent much more time <laughs> on script writing and trying to direct things yeah. than you I were did in creative writing. Right? I was actually, yeah. Before the Art Institute, my major at UNCC, I was there for one year, was um, English, and I took mm-hmm. like American Lit. Loved that class. Took some technical writing classes. Uh, a little bit of creative writing in there. Um, and I, and, and cause that's, I knew that's the only thing that I could remotely succeed at to get that diploma was, right. uh, was English was writing it, Hey, like, you know, I can mm-hmm. write a 10 page paper for this class and a 12 page thing for that and put the effort in. Cause I, I did enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I overall, you know, man, Kyle, it's, it's a good question and it's, it's tough to justify it, man. I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually going to state my opinion. I, I, I think it's true, especially if you're going into film and mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Question 11. What's the right side of the bed to wake up on? Oh man. So is that, is that just like left or right side? Either way, yeah. we always wake up on the wrong side. What's the right side? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I don't think I have a preference of actual which side, but um, uh, I have a, a, a <laughs> my 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 friends know this. The, this summer, I've been going through an absolute crisis with sleep. I finally got a CPAP machine. Mm. <laughs> like, I've, I've had an issue with it. So the right side of the bed to wake up on for me is a tight nine hours of of good sleep where I don't stop breathing. Because they gave me a take-home <laughs> sleep test, and uh, uh. it was it went for – I slept for seven and a half hours, and it clocked me. I stopped breathing 337 times. So they oh, said no. – I said you have severe, you know, apnea, and uh, and they gave me a uh, an act. I went and got an actual machine, and so just good, good sleep. I mean, then I'm then I'm, you know, I don't care what's, you know, uh, <laughs> literally what side. I don't know if I'm answering it well, but I oh, need I need a tight side down as long as you're breathing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just for me, as long as I'm breathing is good. Yes. Right. We agree with that. I, I think that's a very good point as well. I would like, <laughs> I'd like that too. Uh, so what is uh, the best worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, love this. Everyone, I, I bet, I mean, I really think you guys will know The Room, right? The Tommy yes. Wiseau. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so I saw that in theaters for my birthday one year. This was four or five years ago. And uh, it was Riff Tracks. So it was the Mystery Science Theater guys riff in the movie and that's that's I mean that's the the king of all of of those, but I have quite a few <laughs> I can mention here. Um, mm-hmm. So Troll Two is really great. Um, another Just one about that today. Did you? Yeah, yeah someone. 
Yeah, like the town being named Nilbog, which is just goblin backwards, is <laughs> your starts off on the right foot. Fantastic. And uh and um so uh there's let's think, um Birdemic is really great. Birdemic Shock and Terror. Mm-hmm. Saw that in theaters mm-hmm. with Riff Tracks. The guy that made it, James Wynn, and by made it I mean did everything on on the film uh it was just him and a camera and and a poor poor uh cast that stayed with him for a year and a half <laughs> while they made it i mean it's a crazy story but um birdemic is is up there with the room for sure and then uh in high school uh me and my friends would go to the, we had a family video like five minutes away and we'd go and we'd try to pick the the best uh, worst movies. We just loved doing that back in. This was like 2006, seven, eight. And mm-hmm. uh, w- a couple we, we came across were Green River Killer, which was really good. I won't really go into that, but Mr. Jingles the Clown was really good. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think probably our fondest memory was Motorhome Massacre, which was, mm. I mean, the acting like you just, you know, and then you, we actually watched, we watched the special features on one of them. And this actress is being interviewed like on set. And she's like, yeah, when Mike sent me the script, I just, you know, I knew I had to be a part of it. And I'm like, this is, how does this happen? How does does this happen? What is she talking about? Uh, Yeah, I could go, I could go on. I'll stop there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those five that are six that I've mentioned are the, the best that I can think of. It's hard to beat the room. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. have, put yourselves through it and watch the film, but it's hard to beat that. Honestly, yeah. it is a hard film in itself to watch unless so, they're having a viewing you, for it. You've got to do it with riff tracks because mm-hmm. by itself, 10 minutes in, you're like, this is, un- I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I need to. I, I actually, when you hopped on earlier, I was like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, that concludes... Our segment. Awesome. Now we know Andrew Huggins on the deepest level possible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's some good stuff. We know we know there's a pizza place out in West Virginia that we need to go track down. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> I, I'll find it. I'll, I need to Google because there's probably not that many pizza places in that entire state. Like right. nothing against West Virginia. There's, it's actually <laughs> a beautiful state. Um, but, but that small town, man, they, I do a Hawaiian, I do the pineapple. I know it's a big thing, controversy, but I do the pineapple and, uh, they just killed it. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Let us know. Yeah. You, and this came up when you were going through the questions for me, you mentioned that you like writing. That's mm-hmm. what you finally finished off school with. And I'm curious because often all your films your writer director which mm-hmm. one do you associate with more which one kind of gets you going if you will yeah um i uh when i was in film school the first thing i focused on was writing where i i told my teacher will davis like you know hey you know i'm i'm going to th- this is what i want to focus on and get good at and then directing came kind of later in a secondary sense of like, well, I've written this short script, you know, I have no idea how to direct something or what you're supposed to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and do that. And, um, so the question being, which do you associate with more is really tough because 
Um, I love directing in the sense of um, being that person on set that people can lean on and can hopefully rely on uh, in, in, in some fashion as a leader, because that's really what directing to me is different for everybody. Because mm-hmm. are you that guy that takes an actor in the corner and like slaps him in the face? And, <laughs> or, or are you the guy that says, hey, you know, um, it leaves it up to them more. And it was certain characters or certain things you've written, you know, hey, you know, what's your interpretation of this? I'm open to that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so directing is so many, it can be so many different things. Writing can too, but writing is the most fun part for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is like, uh, you know, just me and this 11 year old laptop that I'm on, I've written everything <laughs> on and just, you know, whether I'm outlining as I go or I already have an outline or I'm just spitballing something when you, when you've got something you think that might be worth filming is is a rush it's a total rush and i can't sleep uh you know mm-hmm. i can't it, it's a, an adrenaline thing it just really gets me going um directing does too in certain certain instances um when you do work with an actor and have you know an idea in mind and i've been so insanely blessed to work with a lot of actors that are just such good human beings like it's the collaboration process has been so fulfilling in in a lot of the short films i've done um because when we're when we're actually in the moment and working you know they might have should what if we do that what if we try that yeah 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 try it try it or you know this is hey for this you know, we've got this. So for this, try it just this tiny little bit different or whatever it is. Um, it's tough to pick between the two. Um, but I will say, uh, straight up writing was like the first kind of your first love. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. For sure. In film school where it was like, we're going to write stuff. And then at first it was with no aspirations to film. It's just assignments. You have to write scripts for whatever. And then when it came time to film really the, other than a couple 60 second shorts, the first thing I really ever filmed, and this is probably a flaw of the program I was in, but was my senior thesis film, um, which was, it took place in 1877, Virginia. It was 12 years after the Civil War ended. Mm -hmm. And the Civil War had a kind of a place in the story. And um, so uh, I wrote this 22 page script, revised it a million times. And, <laughs> and, and then we filmed it over seven days, which is crazy now. Cause like Trey was just with me on a project where we got like 11 pages a day. Done. <laughs> we could have shot this film wow. in like a weekend, but back then, you know, we, we didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of had mm-hmm. an idea from behind the scenes videos I'd watched. Um, and just what I thought needed to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But that was really the first film I made. And mm-hmm. it was like, uh, it gave me a sense of, I do want to keep trying to do this. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So I'm, a, I'm actually going to append a little bit on top of that. I think you uh, mentioned a little bit about it. But would you say you're more of a uh, actor director? Like focus more on like the actors than you are the technical aspects of like everything around the actors would you say you're what what would you say yeah um i don't think i don't think a- any of the actors i've worked with would say that i'm an actor's director <laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> you just i mean let them do their thing 
And sometimes I totally let them do their thing. And earlier on mm-hmm. in my journey of doing this, I really did. I was like, I don't know what to say to him right now. Right. <laughs> they, like it's like Michael Hanukkah, you know, who you you guys probably know, the crazy Austrian, you know, makes crazy films, amazing director. Uh, he made a film, I think it won the Foreign Language Academy Award called The White Ribbon. Mm-hmm. And in the BTS videos of it. He's he's like yeah the actors come to me and they're like what 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 about this what's this about and he's like it's in the script it's like apparently Hitchcock would do the same thing like it's uh-huh. all in the script and it's like well that's not helpful so I when actors <laughs> I and I do actively ask them do you have any questions because then mm-hmm. you know let's let's not start <laughs> filming a dialogue yeah yeah let's not start filming this scene and you still have questions about it that's why I right. I do a lot of emailing I write character backstories I write little any details I can think mm-hmm. of and kind of do some directing just through text in that way. Um, so I think I give them enough information and they, they always do know what is happening. Um, I think an actor's director, I've seen, I've seen actors, directors in action and I know I'm not that I know Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I was working on a short film, uh, recently and this woman, uh, she was uh the it was a bunch of kid actors teen actors in the film mm-hmm. and she was their acting coach anyway and she was mm-hmm. like what help you know helps them get auditions and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. oh my gosh between every take the stuff she was noticing the stuff that she was like honing in on and she's uh-huh. a brilliant actress her name's Alicia Fusting Fusting I yeah. think is, mm-hmm. is is how you say her last name and uh oh my gosh so I guess yeah I'll you know shouting her out she she's and she, you know, I, I love learning stuff like that. I was like, man, mm-hmm. cause it, you know, I want to try to do this probably for the rest of my life. I'm like eight years in, I'm pretty committed to doing it. I love doing it. So yeah. man, I, you know, I can keep getting better at this for a long time and, oh, yeah. and, and watching her specifically, um, was amazing. So anyway, to go back to the question of, you know, being an actor's director, being more on the technical side, because I think it does come down to those two things mm-hmm. is 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 talent, actors and camera. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not really I haven't had extensive production design on any of my shorts, so mm-hmm. I, I haven't really gotten a chance to have that cool relationship yet. Um, just to fully mold and manipulate the entire world. Oh, man. Yeah. I dream about that. Like that would yeah. be really fun. Yeah. I've I've had awesome relationships with different DPs, mostly Derek Donovan. I mean, he's shot like twelve of my shorts, shout and out. yeah, another shout out. And um, um, and then editing, I really pretty much have yeah, edited everything myself when it boils down to it. Mm-hmm. So so, but you know, I strive to be more. Uh, you know, I'm always there as as a emotional support. I strive to be. Um, a uh, uh, a leader in the sense that the actors can always come to me with any questions and anything. And I do mm-hmm. provide them with as much, you know, I'll tell them in email or text bef- well before we shoot, hey, your guy is literally thinking about this at right. this particular moment. Yeah, You know, so it's not always a lot of those kind of moments on set, but I love the technical side too. And like I said, mm-hmm. when I graduated film school, I barely knew how, 
how to point a camera around and do anything. Right. I was I was shooting like scenics for the Charlotte Bobcats and a bunch of live music and stuff back then, and it was mm-hmm. awful. Like it was, <laughs> it was like not good footage. And um, so I used to tell my buddies, uh, Derek, Derek and Mike Rita, uh, the three of us have made so much stuff together. And I used to, mm-hmm. I used to tell Mike back in the day, like, man, you know, we were out of film school at the time. And I was like, cinematography is still such a mystery to me. Like I, Mike was always a great shooter. Derek's a great shooter. And I was like, I want to, I really, you know, want to like get better at that. And so I started trying to actively do that these past two and a half years, three years or so. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've dove into that part of it too. So it's like when I'm on set, that part fascinates me so much. Like if you do yeah. this and you do this and it's going to cut like this, it's like, you know, but anyway, super, super long answer. I was going to bring that up about cinematography because you have shot a lot of your projects as well. And mm-hmm. outside of the curiosity and learning more about that side of filmmaking what's the motivation with that is it just easier to delete that person and it's just all running through you and like it can speed things up or Mm -hmm. is it one of those things where in just some cases you feel like your vision is so exact that you just feel like you can grab the camera and do it yeah yeah um i i uh i started doing it I think it was February 2018. We made a film in the Outer Banks called Detour, a horror film. I brought along Justin Stewart and Kiefer Andrew. And they were, aside from being really, really awesome uh, at camera stuff and ACing and gaffing, and, you know, I brought those two guys along with me. And aside from that, they're just such awesome dudes. And um, I said, well, I'm going to, co-DP this with Kiefer. We're both going to shoot. He's going to operate probably a lot of the time, but like Mm -hmm. we'll kind of DP this together. And it was so fun that Mm -hmm. on almost every short since I just, um, when it came down to think about how we were going to shoot it visually, Mm -hmm. what, what do we want to do? I was comfortable enough as these last couple years have gone on, I've done three small feature films as the DP and, and I'm, and I've learned so much at this point. It's like, I, I don't know. I just, I want to have control of that as well. Furthermore, Mm -hmm. I want to operate. Like I want to, I want to physically shoot it myself, but Mm -hmm. the, but there's a secret to it is I always have Justin Kiefer, Yair Guevara, or Jonathan Smathers, a combination, and Jordan Ellis. I I have a combination of those five, a lot of times just one or two of them, and and the image immediately gets like five times better. It literally, it does. Yeah. Um, Collaborating together they just have that to touch yeah shape I'm, that image i'm telling you like yair and and all all those five guys just keep mm-hmm. shouting out people but it's people i love <laughs> no that's great that means so much you know because i've been doing this for like eight years professionally mm-hmm. i'd say like seven and it's mm-hmm. like you know without i mean 
Oh my gosh, without the the people that have and recently Trey, I mean on Hornet's Nest, a film we did together. Oh my gosh, it just wouldn't get done and it wouldn't be good. <laughs> but mm. anyway, to kind of come back to the question about directing and DPing, I I mm-hmm. just there's the secret of having those guys behind me and even they even operate sometimes. And then it's just so fun to take on that extra responsibility. And I probably yeah. shouldn't have done it on Hornet's Nest. Trey knows <laughs> four days in the Augusta heat. And Trey was juggling so much as AD and producer. And, um, and it was a revolutionary war piece. And I didn't think through mm. wardrobe properly. And Jennifer Yates, our amazing hair and makeup lady, was doing shout out. another shout out, Rock was shout. doing 12 different jobs. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm directing, but I'm... <laughs> TPing, I'm operating. But that was also, I mean, Trey was there, like the small crew we had, man, was so mm-hmm. good. And yeah. and from sound department to camera to makeup to everything. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to keep uh, doing double duty in that way. I, I had Derek, I brought Derek Donovan back in on a short um, mm-hmm. in April. We made, it's uh, not, I don't think a frame of it's been edited yet, but it's called Backyard Blackbird. And I said, um, I'm not shooting this. It'll look better if Derek shoots it. <laughs> I I was like, Derek, um, you know, dude, can you do this? And let's talk about, you know, this weird, dark story that that I want to do. And it was so fun to have him come in. And then I was I was definitely more available to the actors for sure. I did mm-hmm. notice that when yeah. when I was able to just sit there with them and not think about camera. Mm-hmm. But I, but I genuinely enjoy it all. So it's like, man, you know, I boom opt on things. I've, I've done, you know, every department except for hair and makeup, which like, why would I ever, I have no right. skill <laughs> in that. But anyway, yeah, it's all fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I would probably be like a kid in a candy store on set. I want to, I want to do everything all at once. Yeah. And, uh, I, I know that, it to keep my mental faculties straight <laughs> yeah it would need to be focused in but yeah I, it sounds like you really enjoy the entire process and i love that yeah it's it's all fun to me and you know film school like i said for me i think was worth it just personally for me and then the education i've got in the seven or eight years since mm-hmm. has been awesome yeah. you know and that, that comes down to good yeah. relationships just good people just like i've been on a couple Bad sets, a couple toxic sets. We probably all have a time or two that 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 I don't think I what learned. What are you talking about? There's no <laughs> bad sets. No, every set's it goes perfectly great fine. Every time, I've never had that experience. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's you know, and filmmaking is so freaking hard and collaborative. Yeah. And when it's, it's hard, when it's good, I know, when it's man. A good set. And so when it's bad, like it's bad, and yeah. and and you know, we've we've been there, but. Um, so, so to be, you know, I mean, there's probably 20 other people I could mention along with the guys I already did, but you know, that Let's have helped me. Let's just roll the credits right now. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's thanks. name on, on screen that we don't have because this is a podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm curious. And I know you mentioned that you've done some smaller features recently and I know mm-hmm. that's, I mean, we're friends, so I know that you're working towards features. Right. But you've shot, and this is just on your IMDb. I know you've got like six more in the edit <laughs> bay, probably. 
29 <laughs> shorts. Is that how many it is right now? Yeah. Yeah. What is it about a short film that can captivate? Like, yeah, it's a whole different type of experience. And also we're up against people's attention spans and, you know, where you can get it seen and all these different elements. Yep. Why short films? Why do so many? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think if you look at it from the perspective of, you know, the goal is to like make a couple really good ones and then immediately move on to features, I have just failed. <laughs> like, like 29 on there right now. It's like so so um I started off uh and I never stopped. I just mm-hmm. um it was so fun to try to tell a story mm-hmm. and literally three minutes or 25 minutes in this, in this zone of, of, you know, uh, it seems like the shorter the film is, the more I try to cram in some most times, but Mm -hmm. you know, which is weird, but, um, some of my longer 20 something minute shorts are like probably a little slower paced and a little emptier feeling, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's just that I, I made, five, six, seven, eight, nine shorts. You know, I was out of film school making stuff, uh, would try to do festivals, would try to do, um, you know, dive deep on film freeway and, and, oh, this screening in Oklahoma could be cool, you know, probably not going to go, but, you know, Mm -hmm. let me just see, you know, so spent a lot of money on film freeway for sure. And, um, then over the last three years, other people started wanting to collaborate on their short films. And that resulted in a, a, a wild array of different credits for me. So some directing credits, some writing credits, the stuff I do with John Sexton and Jay Cohen, um, I get credit for pretty much everything, but they are like, it's their film. Like they mm-hmm. they give me a treatment, a detailed treatment. And I write based on that and I might throw a little tw- uh you know, flair or something that might be yeah. interesting, unique to me or something in there. Mm-hmm. But like Jay and I made a film in December called And Then the Darkness and it's done better than any film I've ever made. And it's like, hey, that wasn't even my story. That was Jay's, <laughs> entirely Jay's story. And I get all these credits on it. But yeah, so the short great film, by the way. Well, thank you, man. That's awesome I that you've seen that. Joe Dance where you oh, had yeah. three films at one time yeah. in a single festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. Thank you, man. That one um, uh, I saw, uh, I've seen a couple times now with an audience and I've, and, and usually I, usually I kind of hate that. I, the more I went to festivals yeah. and would see my films with an audience, I'd, I'd and have to do Q and A's and stuff. I kind of backed away from doing that. You just start sinking down in your seat. Yep. Yep. Like, you know, especially, you know, I don't really make comedic things, but if earlier in, in, in the journey, I had made some comedic stuff and like, you know, if people don't laugh at certain parts, it's like, Oh my God, this is Mm. a complete failure. (laughs) Comedy is so difficult, but, but yeah, so the shorts just started piling up and, um, and it was, I mean, probably 10 of those 29 are collaborations where I, I I was really blessed in that I didn't have to fund things and I didn't have to um, do any like production work. I almost was able to like write and come in and either co-direct or direct. And, mm-hmm. and then a lot of them uh, this year, 
I'd say last year, the past year or so have been me also being able to shoot things to Mm -hmm. DP as well. And I'm thankful for every one of those, man. I mean, you know, not all 29 are, are certified platinum fresh (laughs) certified fresh uh experiences but it's like it's a way to learn and to try to get better and um i love the fact that some of them are three minutes and some of them are like 20 minutes and um you know it's it's you you kind of can um uh just always always learn something and there's different crews on a lot of them. I work with a lot of the same guys, but there's always different people that pop up that are mm-hmm. so so fun to work with. I recently DP'd and just finished the edit on a short called Tony Mamie Connie, which is about African-American uh, female baseball oh, yeah. players in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And this this girl that um, that wrote it and directed it and starred in it, Ashley Curry, I think it's Ashley Gilliam now. She just got married. Uh, mm. She sent me the script and I was like, this is awesome. Like this, it, it was like really, it was like 30 pages at first. And the one we ended up shooting was eight pages because she knew if she could get it down to like eight, you know, probably have a better chance of festivals or whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was just like, I was working on that and none of my regulars were there. It was a totally new thing, new crew, mm-hmm. very small crew. The way I usually work is a very small crew. Mm-hmm. And and this was no different. And they were such awesome uh, people. And we we vibed like within meeting each other within like the first 30 minutes. And then it was just mm-hmm. two, two days of, you know, just super fun and making something we all, you know, believed in her script a lot. And that's also key. You know, I've mm-hmm. I have been involved in a couple scripts um probably you know here or there that i've just dp'd or edited and said well hey you know i didn't (laughs) i didn't write it (laughs) so (laughs) you know like there's some things like that that pop up every now and then but um i've forgotten what our initial uh it's great that you've done so many because you can say stuff like that and no one has any idea which one you're talking about? No one, yeah, figure it out. Go to if the IMDb. I say that, and... I've only done like four films. They're like, whoa, dude. Like, you know <laughs> if what you're talking if about. you said that, they'd be like, Trey, that's so me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And I think, I think it's interesting that you've done with those, all those shorts, such a wide range. Mm hmm. You've made a handful of period pieces as far back as the Civil War, mm-hmm. and then all the way up to just current dark comedy drama films that I've seen a lot of more recently. Mm-hmm. It's I've always thought of myself kind of as a drama guy. Like, right. I'm not going to be making Me too. Mission Impossible. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be making Fifty First Dates. Right. Or, you know anything like that, mm-hmm. but even in this drama range, like there's such a wide gamut and you've kind of balanced all around that. Is yeah. that just you're open to anything or like, yes, those are certain areas that fascinate you. What is that? I I'm definitely like you. I'm a, uh, I think we are, we're really similar. Cause when you sent me a link for disconnect, that was, I don't, I don't know how long ago that was now. I loved 2019. it. 2019. Probably, yeah, a couple years ago. And I, mm-hmm. I loved it. And I told you, I was like, dude, this is my, this is 
you you made that film <laughs> for the purpose of me viewing it. Yeah. Fam, family dr- <laughs> family drama with a great pacing to it, and 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 that's so. I'm like you in that way. I love the dramatic genre. I love family related things because mm-hmm. it's a simple it's the simple thought that familial dynamics transcend our other relationships because we live with these people our entire, you know, till we're 18 or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, these people better than it's just so it's like, it's so crazy how I talk to my mom or dad or my brother and, and the, I've known them for, for my entire 31 years, you know? So it's, it's, I was always fascinated. The the first civil war film I made, my thesis film in film school was a family drama. And I was always fascinated with just exploring brother, brother, sister, father, son, mother, daughter, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so I always come back around to that. And when we finally get to the point, Jonathan Smathers is editing backyard blackbird right now. And when we finally get to the point, where that might be ready to, to, to be done. Um, that's, that's what that is. It's the first film in over two years I was able to make that was wholly mine. I didn't have to appease anybody. Mm-hmm. I wrote it. I was able to direct it. I had Derek shoot it. So I made a film like two and a half years before that called soul bones. And it had been mm-hmm. about that long mm-hmm. since I was able to make my own thing and that was just you know and i've loved the collaborations but it took a while to get back around to doing Mm -hmm. that and what do you know it's a dark family drama so it's like that's it came right back around to that as far as like some of the horror stuff that's on uh you know that you know that i've done is um you know we submit and then the darkness to these like horror film festivals and stuff and it's like it's just a slow paced drama, just like anything sure. else. I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's some. It's like a, a thriller, perhaps. Right. Right. Suspense, thriller kind of thing. Yeah. I made a horror short for Made in Carolinas last year called Red Velvet that was a blast to make. And it's, it's darkly comedic. Well, um, Celeste Marcone, who's an actress I work with all the time, I think mm-hmm. she her she has a lasting line in the uh, last line in the film that is an attempt at it being comedic. And so I've do- dove into horror a little bit. I love that Ari Aster kind of thing where it's like super yeah. uncomfortable. It's just so the, the pacing is slow and it's really difficult to watch. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, so I have a dream of a fantasy of one day, maybe diving into, you know, uh, it'd be tough not to just try and mimic his thing or Jordan Peele's thing or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I, I really like that kind of horror. That's just uncomfortable. Like a midsummer type mm-hmm. thing. I'm a big midsummer guy. Yeah, I, I like that one. I actually like that one better than Hereditary. Um, but uh, I it's hard. It's funny when that film comes up. It's really hard to defend because it's like uh, it's yeah. about a breakup. But there's this Swedish <laughs> festival that it's like every you know everybody starts dying, gruesome deaths. These these old people jump off a of cliffs at one point you know, spoiler, but I guess, but, um, yeah, it's like hard. That's a hard one to defend, but I've seen mm-hmm. it three times. And I really like it. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that one's got a really dedicated following. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but you mentioned like kind of there being different, um, 
a lot of different genres and it's true. And I love, I I'm open for anything. I love, I love film. So I, I love, all, you know, just it, as a general sweeping thing, there's not a genre I don't like. I mean, I think like a lot of filmmakers, you'd say, Oh, if you had to pick one, okay, maybe romantic comedy or something. I think if I were to make a romantic comedy, it would be awful and unwatchable, <laughs> but like, so it would be bought by Netflix. Yeah, uh, I love. Got him. Got him, dude. I love. I love that uh, that you said that because that's so true. But um, and then and then to touch on another thing that you had kind of mentioned was there being so many shorts. Is it building to something feature length? And man, I hope so. I I haven't made the time. I said I think three years ago I said I was gonna. Hey everybody. Uh, I'm not going to make any more shorts. I'm going to make a feature and that, you know, couldn't have been more wrong in terms of <laughs> how those next years played out. And I've had a blast doing all the, the shorts. We're just going to chalk that up to COVID. Right. Know? Yeah. 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 Like, that's why, obviously. For sure. Yeah. That, you know, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I did DP a few uh, small features and, um, and and loved that experience because I learned a lot on each one. I learned some great yeah. things. And so the goal is I had, you know, I have this thing I've been writing notes about for over three years and it's a feature length idea. And I have a, a lot of notes and an outline. And the goal is to make time yeah. um, this end of this year, beginning of next year to finish the script on it. I've written very little of it and and to dive into that and say, OK, look, um, you know, um, I've had probably seven years or so of just learning and, and making stuff. Let me assemble the the dream team and and do like mm-hmm. a down and dirty nine days, something eight, nine, ten days and mm-hmm. pay everybody um, and and, yeah. you know, uh, two, three locations. Um, the idea I have is a 1950s deal. So it's like, oh, it's another period oh, yeah. piece. But it's like, mm-hmm. man, you know. That's that's yeah. always a struggle, but yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, working and building to to that. I I hope. <laughs> Do you yeah. have a log line for that? You could hit us with a little tease. Yeah, tease. you know, gosh, I just said I'd been thinking about it for three years, and I don't have a log line <laughs> prepared. Here, I'll try. He's, he's got everything worked out, but the log line. <laughs> yeah. So so here, I'll Love hit it. you. I'll hit you with. Uh, if this is going to be like either a really long run on sentence, or. It might end up being close hey, to a long you're line. The English guy, so <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Right. It's about a a family, a mom, dad, a son, daughter. The kids are young; they're like eight to twelve year old range. They live isolated on a farm, um, in in the middle of nowhere in America somewhere. Um, already not a log line. Um, uh, <laughs> Already ventured into trying to <laughs> trying to bottle it all in the into. Whole backstory, so yeah. yeah, so the so the dad is uh is the is the villain. Um and I'm trying not to maybe someday I'll make this so I don't want to give away the the yeah, juicy parts. Let's keep that but he's a he, he's a World War II vet, which you know was only like eight, six, eight years ago for him. So there's sure. a couple flashbacks to that of him. And some of his buddies in foxholes. I've literally thought about just digging them in my backyard when the nice. time comes. But um, uh, he he got into a little bit of a through these fellow um, soldiers. They 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 got in. They they kind of w- got into this warped religion 
thing where um, war affected them in a weird way being in World War II. And the dad comes home and he starts a family and he marries this woman and um, he's got this this kind of warped view of religion, Christianity, uh, Islam, Buddhism, all sorts of stuff. And he and he mm-hmm. really misinterprets a bunch of religious texts and that's how he runs his family. So um, he does some really awful, terrible things um, in the name of God or in the name of Allah. He kind of doesn't mm-hmm. really devote his life to one particular God, kind of just all of them is, mm-hmm. I think, the way yeah. I'm going to write it. And so his young boy, his young son and daughter grow up in this isolated uh on this on on this land where they don't socialize their kids and all they've ever known is what he and you know the way he kind of lords over his wife the way that uh he runs his family and with his kind of uh twisted very the dark ship yeah meant. yeah this kind of view that he that originated from him being a soldier but so that's kind of the basis of it. And then there's uh, some stuff that he does, like he misinterprets um, some some biblical things uh, that are, are in reference to sacrifice. And he so he it's kind of, I think, gonna if I ever make it, it'll have some definite horror elements when you make it. Yeah. Ho- when, when I make, make it, it, hopefully. Yeah. And most of it would take place on the on the homestead, on the farm, we've had, we'd have some world war two flashbacks. And I think at some point there's going to be a local sheriff that gets involved. So the audience isn't like, there's Ken's character right there. <laughs> yeah. Young buck on the scene. Dude. Yeah. It, there'll be a, uh, some kind of local sheriff. So there's something for the audience to be like, okay, the writer is addressing how absolutely bananas this right, is. Right, the whole situation. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you can't just fantasize about some world that's interesting to you and not address mm. it logistically. Be, yeah, Maybe you can. To, yeah, work through it. Yeah, yeah. so so that's kind of the, uh, the long uh, <laughs> summary of what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to bear down and write it, man, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, finish working on it and yeah um you know uh just i i i think it'd be something that would be in line with the kind of family drama stuff that i like to make mm-hmm. i like to make really intentionally slow paced things and mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from my collaboration with this guy named alexander arnson who's a composer that lives in los angeles he mm. scored i think he scored eight short films for me now he's about to do another mm. one he's just we him and I are, I, I shot his last music video for him as well, which was a really cool way to collaborate with him. Like, he's just my guy. Like he's a, he's, mm-hmm. he, he plays every instrument. He's a musical, you know, savant. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He, he, and, and he's, he scored so much of my stuff. And so when it comes time for that film, him and I will have conversations about pacing and what the music will be like. And any, oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, that's sure. something I hope, you know, man, to be shooting that in like the springtime would be amazing. You know, that would be the mm-hmm. dream. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And I just, I love hearing about how personal something can be. And obviously it's not like your, your life. Like you weren't around in the fifties with a dad that right. was in World War Two. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have, I just know you again, you're going to have so much of your experience laced into that. 
and twisted up in this what sounds like a pretty wild story. Yeah. And I think that's amazing how film can do that. And that's why I think, yeah, I think it's it's, something we all try and do. Absolutely. And it's like the ultimate medium. I think video game creation has also gotten really uh, Mm -hmm. amazingly cinematic. And the writing, uh, I'll say just this title, just because it always comes to mind, there's a series called The Last of Us. It's the most cinematic, Uh, amazing video game. But like, uh, but I think film is, is the medium for me because it, uh, I video game creation is a lot of there's a lot of math involved and I am a history English guy not a math science guy but right. <laughs> but yeah this this particular story for this feature idea um you know I told you guys earlier a little bit about my faith and and spiritual spirituality and things that you know that are a part of my life you know this is a film you know I should mention after <laughs> giving you the breakdown of the father character it seems like it's anti-religious, but I do, you know, um, have a lot of my own thoughts being someone that is re- religious, I guess you would call me is, um, I have a lot of frustration about the organized religion part of it. And I think when you misinterpret things that are, um, you know, like biblical texts, or it could be from the Quran, or it could be from the Torah, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it can be super, super dangerous for centuries. Yeah. You know, it can have an effect for thousands of years. And so, it's actually this this feature idea. I I like to think of it as a faith based film. No one will ever know that because if I make it, because <laughs> it's it's very damning to to religion in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. something something I will say is the mother character, you know, dealing with just the most misogynistic, just awful husband. Yeah. She rises up at some point and is just mm-hmm. this incredibly powerful woman. And um, she in some way, and I haven't written it yet, but will will, <laughs> will be a beacon of the idea. She'll be the, the presence. Part of her presence will be the idea that, hey, faith in something is not inherently bad it just can lead to all these other crazy things so it's Mm -hmm. it's interesting you know how i'm i hopefully will intertwine some of those uh themes you know some of that faith kind of thing because you know faith-based film i've made a few faith-based shorts and um you know it can be a struggle to to get those themes across and not preach to your audience you know i think of like first reformed oh man i love that movie it's so grounded in Christianity and the the beliefs of this uh, pastor and how torn he is with like the the life that he's in and the people he's interacted with the things he thinks about or does yeah and it while showing a lot of struggles is still very grounded in the fact that like you're saying yeah the faith part isn't bad we just kind of screw it up for sure because we're like flawed and all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah, i think i think it's got a lot of potential just hearing what you said Mm -hmm. about it and man i want to i want to see it get made well man in that you couldn't be a better example of like that kind of you know that's a faith-based film but like that's obviously a faith-based film Mm -hmm. but you don't get see it get compared to like you know, courageous or fireproof. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, it's a great example. One of my favorite movies, uh, First Reformed, and uh, exactly what you said about it. It's, uh, um, 
you know, it is a faith based. I think Paul Schrader is is a Catholic guy. I think he's like he would claim that he he's of yeah. the Catholic faith and um he's very well read and all of oh that. gosh, yeah. It's never like trying to talk down or ill about people's faith. It's like very informed when he makes films about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's not popular, I'd say Mel Gibson when he did Passion of the Christ for sure. That way. For sure, yeah, yeah. Even though he's like whatever he is out in the middle of left field, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that I, movie is very based in the Bible. And- it definitely is. We don't know what he is nowadays. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I'll I'll put in Braveheart or The Patriot any any night, you know. But um, uh, nowadays, it's as a yeah, as a person, who knows? <laughs> yeah, <All> right. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, but uh, I love that idea of writing from something that really means a lot to you, like from your point of view. I think that's really mm-hmm. great, like a project on that, because like you were talking about the medium of film, I think that's what makes it so great is you can pretty much show your ideas on certain subjects from your point of view. Now, it, yeah. that's not a point of view that everyone has to share, but right. that's that's your point of view and i love that and film is absolutely. a great way it's a great me- medium for it absolutely it's you know um it, it, the you know the the oldest the the most common thing adage or whatever is write what you know and it's funny because if i wrote what i know i would write films about like um uh you know, uh, professional football players or something. Um, you know, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love sports and I, and I, you know, um, and I know Trey, you do too, uh, you know, yeah. college football just started and I'm in full football mode again now, but, um, you know, I, it's sort funny subject right now, but yes, I, I know, man. Too. I, yeah, I am sorry. <laughs> Clemson grad here crying. <laughs> I am sorry, man. Did can you graduated from Clemson? I graduated from Clemson. Dude, yeah. man. Yeah. What, what a rough, <laughs> And I'm we'll, sitting in we'll the middle on. of Atlanta. <laughs> oh gosh, you're, yeah, you're dealing with all the the, the dog pound, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm a. I won't go too deep into this, but I all my sports teams are are all over the place, and I like them for different reasons. I'm a Virginia Tech football fan because I was mm. a huge Michael Vick fan as a kid, and yeah. we actually had an amazing, surprising open to the season by beating Carolina. But anyway, back to what we were talking about is, uh, you know, they say, write what you know. And it's funny. I kind of don't write what I know because I joke with my actors when we're making these, these, you know, quite a few of my films are, uh, it's not pleasant source material. It's, it's really dark. And it's like, you know, backyard blackbird is about a sociopathic 11 year old boy and soul bones is about racism. And, you know, man, like it's heavy stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know about these things. Like I joke with my actors, like I had a great childhood. My parents mm-hmm. were like, <laughs> I love my mom and dad. I love the way they raised me. Uh, you know, have a great relationship with my, my brother. Yeah. Like, you know, but, but, but like you said, Ken, like you, you, it is your thing and you can, it's up to you. Like if you're, especially if you're maybe not, if you're just the writer and someone else is then directing it and doing something different with it. Yeah. But if it's your thing and you wrote it and you're directing it, and especially on a low budget short film level, like a lot of my work has been, you're, mm-hmm. you're also producing it. You're, you're the one right. stopping in at the gas station saying, Hey, can we film here? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and all yeah. that stuff. So, but it is, it's, it's cool. Film is cool in that way where it is, um, you know, um, 
totally your thing. And, um, you know, going back to talking about like directing and working with actors, um, I'm, I'm always open. I don't always use it in the edit, but I'm, my answer is always yes. If an actor says, Hey, I know we talked about it this way, but like, could I, could I try one like this or can I just mm -hmm. mix it up or whatever? Then, it, yeah. then I guess it becomes less of your vision or your, your thing. But that's, that's what's so fun about it though. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like if I'm controlling the camera and Yair says, hold on, you know, and I say, okay, we're set, we're good for this shot. And Yair, yeah, whoever, Kiefer, whoever says, uh, dude, hold on a second. Like, let me, let me play with the lighting for two more seconds. And then, or, you know, you know, this really needs to be, yeah here instead of here or whatever it is you know like because when everyone's there for the right reasons mm -hmm. it all should 100%. be to serve the story yeah. whether it's an actor saying i think my character would do this or yep. this lighting might not be quite the mood you're going for or whatever yep. yeah 100 percent. yeah i I only had a taste of what you guys have experienced uh, over this past weekend of directing. But even mm. still, like I had this whole idea of this script that I pretty much had given to me and I was directing it. And yeah. I, ha I had this whole idea in my head of what was going on um, and what the finished product would look like. And so when I'm sitting there shooting it, um, an actor I was working with, fantastic actor, uh, and a good friend of mine, Mustafa Slack, he had the, these ideas while we were filming at the same time. And I had these certain bits and pieces that I wanted from him. But then he added on other layers to it that I didn't think of when I was thinking about that. I was yeah. thinking more in photographic, like this is the still I want to see. But then that added on emotional side of it. Uh, is what for sure uh, he he brought to it, and so that's why, yeah, I I saw it in my head how I saw stills, but um, that collaboration you were talking about yeah. between actor director, yeah, and that's why I think I think uh, director writers, I I would say that's the best types of films to watch. Honestly, is because you're writing it and you're directing it, and you know what you're trying to say with the film. You know, if you're <sighs> yeah, man, if you if you have a script given to you as a director, you have a certain thing that sticks out to you about the script that you want to say. And that collaboration between the writer and director, uh, it may be a little bit different. Uh, and if for you sure. have the leeway, I mean, ideally, as a director, you would still rewrite that to fit your vision, even though you might not change everything about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't always have that ability, and I think some of the bad movies out there it's just because your hands are tied and you don't get to do what you wanted to do absolutely yeah i mean uh i i would 100 percent say that the films that i've been that i that were mine that i wrote um and and direct and then directed myself i i i just had a better grasp of i just i knew it man like when i'm writing it i know i'm, I'm thinking of it i'm visualizing it and it makes it easier to direct it i i for sure think on the the shorts that I've done that um, were somebody else's thing um, entirely, 
they already had the script, not just the treatment. And then I wrote it, but like, they already had the script where we're way more challenging for me. It's like, I, you know, I want to please this writer. Like I don't want to step on Tozer at do, all. Do them some justice. Yeah. yeah it's their thing. The writing. <laughs> like, the actor is like, what do you want me to do here? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Let's ask the writer what he wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you, you want to stay true to, to what they're, they're wanting to do. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we just did that on Hornet's Nest. It was tra- the one that Trey was with us on in yeah. Georgia. And um, and that's my first experience working with having the writer actually there. Yeah, and yeah, that was... that was, You want to make sure they're satisfied with the story you're telling. Absolutely, because we were, we were cutting stuff. We didn't have... I mean, you know, at one point, you know, ideally we would have had a freshly killed turkey as a prop. And mm-hmm. that was just impossible. And um, uh, so we we nixed the turkey from the whole scene. And Trey's like sitting in this like 200-year-old bed in this cabin, like thinking like, <laughs> you know, okay, if we nix the turkey, all of this six pages, this changes, this changes, this that changes. references back to the And it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it like. It was laced into this Oh my gosh, part. it was so hot and and and, and tough to shoot that. We, we did it. We did it. But um but the point being, we were able to go to Larry Stevens, the guy who wrote the script, yeah. at any point really over those four days and say, hey, Larry, you know, we're going to lose a little bit here, a little bit here, you know, just certain lines of dialogue and certain actions of the script that, you know, it was great to have him there and be able to say, you know, we're going to lose this. But the process of directing something someone else has written is I'm, I am I always come out of it saying, man, I just am not as sharp. I didn't write it. So I'm not, you know, and you look yeah. at guys like Spielberg and David Fincher who make a living and they're just insanely talented at taking other people's scripts and making them their own, you know, maybe someday. It's frustrating but, how good they yeah. are at doing that. Yeah. It's, it's like, how do you know everyone's story? It's very frustrating. How? Like, I, I don't, no idea how they do it. I think we could obviously talk to you for about three to four yes. days. I know. I know. About film stuff. And obviously when you do make your feature, which we're saying it. We're throwing it into the ethos. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make it, dude. I appreciate yes. it. I we want to so. have you back on for that, of yeah. course. We'll Man. be we'll be first row for uh, the viewing as well. Man. Yes, hopefully uh, working on it. Just throwing that out there, dude. But. Absolutely, absolutely. I will keep you guys updated on that for sure. Yeah. How can people find you? Yeah. By the way, he's gonna tell you his his Instagram, but it is the best time you'll spend on Instagram when you scroll through his stories because <laughs> talk about the most random content you ever thought you needed. Dude, he dude, supplies it. I appreciate you watching those. So here's the deal. The stories, I love that feature. I think it's been a few, three or four years now since Instagram did that. I guess it's like Snapchat, but I don't use Snapchat. So, But it's basically they took that idea and it's so awesome because you have to consciously decide to come in there. So if I was yeah. posting what I post in my stories on my news feed or whatever, like, I mean, <laughs> what a disaster. People would, you know, but if you come in and, and say, I'm going to view this, my friend Justin Stewart once said, he was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to like get like your thoughts on like a recent film you watched or you're going to be screaming at me and I have to turn my volume down. Like, I never know what's what's going to happen, <laughs> but you do have to choose to come in there. So, so, um, uh, and anything, 
anything goes in there, man. It's it, it's fun. And the website um, is uh, so it was you know, like my Instagram, Andrew Huggins Films. So it was andrewhugginsfilms.com. And I do my website, just a very simple thing. It's like a template from Squarespace. And um, I ran the domain name ran out and then they didn't let me renew it or something. So it did oh, just shit. it did just change. My production company name is Sage Knight Cinematics. And so the website is sagenightcinematics.com. And I try to keep it updated. It is I'll say right now it's way out of date because there's a lot of stuff that I've done that is still private and I can't just post the Vimeo link right. or whatever. But um, I am going to update it soon. The filmmaker reel is fairly, um, I mean, it's from last year, but, you know, that's usually where I direct people like, hey, you can just check it out. And if you like it or whatever, you know, shoot me a email. And Speaking of Vimeo, I know a lot of even some of your more recent projects are on Vimeo. Yes. Is it just Andrew Huggins on there? It, well? it, it is. I think it's, I think it's Vimeo.com slash Andrew Huggins. It might be Andrew S. Huggins. I don't think the S is in there, um, but that, that links. <laughs> Type it in both ways. Yeah. That, that, the website does have, it links straight to the Vimeo. It's got a bunch gotcha. of films that I've made dating back seven years. Um, and it links, all of them are Vimeo links. So I think if you like click on the Vimeo video, it'll take you straight to my Vimeo page. Um, gotcha. And uh, there's a couple on there I wish were, I really wish Curb Service and, and then The Darkness were public. Those two in particular, the short films we made. Um, uh, so I think I even have it on my website. Like, hey, these aren't on there. Um, but anyway, yeah, the uh, the website's the best way to check things out and, um, Excellent. And for social media, I do I do really like Instagram. It's it's fun to post stills from things you've shot, or you know, I, I I don't I don't really post personal things, and sometimes maybe that creeps into the stories. <laughs> but but uh, Instagram is a great way. I, I was at a festival called Reedy Reels in Greenville, South Carolina, recently, yeah. mm. and I was talking with people. You know, you're networking and you're talking to people, and I just kept pulling out my phone like, "This is my Instagram. <laughs> just follow this. I'll follow you. I'll follow you back immediately." Well, yeah, we can do That's everything. Kinda- Every, That's what it's boiled down to now. It's my business just, card. Here's my just, Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. just you can see things I've shot. Um, I keep personal crap out of there. Um, it's just a business card. It's just, you know, it mm-hmm. really is all just filmmaking stuff. So that's kind of what I do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then if I need to read like somebody's mom's angry rant on COVID, I can log on to Facebook. <laughs> there you go. Yes, that's what Facebook's good for now. Jeez, yeah. it is full of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a different podcast, though. So, for the last bit, what have you been watching? So, man, what a bad time to ask me this question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just, so the last two things I watched, like, uh, over the weekend were a film called 13 Ghosts, which mm. is, uh, t- are oh, you guys yeah. are you familiar at all? Because it's, mm-hmm. I don't, you shouldn't be, but... It's yeah. It's Tony. <laughs> I used to love that. Tony Shaloub plays Shannon Elizabeth's uh, father, and uh, Mike Matthew Lillard and uh, F. Murray Abraham are in it. And it's it's one of the worst. Thing. I mean, it's it's a horror film from two thousand one <laughs> about a house. The production design is absolutely insane. A house that's a puzzle that keeps moving, and these uh-huh. thir- thirteen or twelve ghosts are like attacking them and 
Tony Shalhoub becomes the 13th ghost, I think, at some point. Um, I watched that because I was kind of in the mood for something in that um, that 2000s range. So then I went and I watched Idle Hands, which is um, same type of thing, 1999. Really, really, really bad horror movie with uh, Seth Green, of course, he's, <laughs> you know, and in that time period, of course, Seth Green's Seth in it. Green. Um, Excellent. It just kind of is nostalgic for me to go back to that time, like late nineties, early two thousands life was just <laughs> so fun. And I, and Simpler I wasn't allowed time. to watch stuff like that back then. So I missed out on all of that. So those are the last two things I've watched. Let me think of something good. Cause I know there's gotta be something, um, recently that I watched. That's good. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, oh, you know what I will, I will say I really, really loved was the Matt Damon movie Stillwater. Yes. Did you guys see Love that? that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been able to see Some it, of his best work. For sure. So Tom McCarthy, the guy that did Spotlight, you know, did yeah. this movie. Won and every Oscar. Yeah. And I loved Spotlight and uh, I went and saw Stillwater and uh, um Loved that. That was in theaters. It was really fun to go see it in theaters. I haven't, I mean, just like everybody, I guess, I haven't been to theaters much. I, I haven't even seen Green Knight yet. I, I haven't, which I love David Lowry. I haven't even seen that. I've, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I saw um, I saw Nomadland, like beginning of the year in theaters. I loved mm. that movie. Mm. But yeah, so there's a couple good ones that will make me seem like I do watch good movies instead of just garbage um, yes. i love horror films i love watching bad horror films i think there's they're entertaining and there's also like something to learn not to do in every one of those viewing experiences <laughs> so <laughs> for sure yeah excellent man well really appreciate you coming on this was awesome man someone that's just done so much in a mm-hmm. relatively short period of time in yeah. a wide range of things it's mm-hmm. truly our pleasure Man, yeah. I, I appreciate it to both of you guys. This was awesome, and it's it, it was my pleasure to do this with you guys. It's good to meet you on the computer, Ken. <laughs> Maybe yes, some, someday, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll meet. meet in person. Yeah, but yeah, thank but you yeah. guys so much. Yeah, of course. thanks again. All right, thank you all so much again for listening. It really means a lot. We had, like we said in the beginning, a fantastic conversation with Andrew. He's such an an amazing person honestly he's so easy to talk to literally we could have sat here for another what three hours i I could have sat here all night minimum three hours if (laughs) chill was a person it would be Mm. andrew he just is the most personable individual you'll ever meet and interact with and there's no wonder that he's collaborated with so many people and had so many opportunities to work on different film projects that aren't even his own projects. Just someone has a story they want told and they find him and he gets it done. So we hope you gain something from this interview and learn a little bit more about the industry, a little bit more about maybe what you want to do or what you need to improve on or get better at. Anything like that. This is a yeah. great episode for that. And just to have a good time because it's center vibes. And that's all that's we're right. about is good vibes. We're all about good vibes. And nothing says that louder than this interview we had. Absolutely. And if you want more good vibes, 
obviously, you can find us on Instagram at the Cinevibes. And then if you want to send us in an email and let us know how much you loved it, or you want to tell us someone that we should reach out to get on here for an interview, or you just want to tell Ken how much you love his voice, the Cinevibescast <laughs> at gmail.com is how you can do that. And we welcome all emails. Just send them. That's right. Shoot them on over. We've gotten some so far from some people, and we just sit, love sitting here listening to what you guys have to say, especially the ones that have ranted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We haven't gotten any rants yet, but uh, please feel free to rant. <laughs> yes, we welcome all types of emails. But with that being said, thank you again for listening, and we are out.